On this episode of Another Digital Citizen, Don Lyman gets fired, Tucker Carlson gets fired, do I get fired as well? Another, di another, digi another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Buongiorno, everybody. My name is Fro. With me, I have Luke, and welcome to another digital citizen. That's different than I did it the six other times we did this, so <laughs> why not? Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we're, we're, we're professionals. Well, we're kind of uh, doing it on the fly because of your, yes. your audio. You, we tried running audio through your iPad and your phone, and now we're... What on a hotspot through your computer because you don't really have yes. internet there, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm in the uh, hospital and I'm in uh, new hospitals that I never been to, so that's always fun to explain to people what I'm doing in the room <laughs> where I don't know anybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Why do you need that room? <laughs> it's got to kind of... I'm doing a podcast. Randomly doing podcasts in a weird place. It, I remember <laughs> taking photography classes. Did you ever take, like, a photography class? Yeah. And you, there was one where they're like... this. Is, the assignment was go out and photograph... I think it was uh, nature versus, like, uh, man. Or, like, you know, the city. So, like, nature trying right. to come back. So you'd have to, like, walk through the street with a camera and like take it's so fucking awkward to just <laughs> stand there and like take a picture of like something in the middle of the road when everybody else yeah. is like looking at you like you know they're like whatever that guy's taking a picture but in my mind when you're doing it it's like oh my god i feel so self-conscious right now i can't even imagine being one of those uh twitch streamers who goes around yeah. with a with an actual video camera strapped to themselves that would be so embarrassing to me and yeah. Nowadays, people do it all the time, I guess. But so, for people that are wondering, no, I'm not in the psych I'm in a psychiatric hospital. I'm in in uh, at the normal hospital this time. Uh, uh, what happened yesterday was that my blood sugar was so fucking all over the place that they uh, sent me to the hospital. Uh, so, uh, yeah, for people that don't know. Um, I I have diabetes, diabetes. Mm -hmm. How do you say it in English? Yeah, diabetes. It's diabetes. That the diabetes in Norwegian, so it's kind of close. Yeah. Uh, so and um, so um, it's kind of a long story, but like two three uh, weeks ago, I started with. Uh, this new uh, regiment with uh, a needle that I get in my stomach uh, called Saxenda in uh, Norwegian and what the, it does that it, it it kind of like stops your uh, want for like sweet things or like unhealthy things okay um, appetite suppression I think is what they call it here yes and it it worked it works very good like i have lost uh, uh 
some some weight, not okay. a lot of weight, but I have lost uh, some weight. Uh, but the problem with it is that everybody is like on it. So they actually, in all of fucking Norway, went out of this needle. It is like it was impossible to to get a hold of. So I had uh, so there are other needles, uh, but not with a um, correct amount. And it's like it's very hard to find something that's kind of like. Um, uh that's kind of similar so uh for people that uh, uh like no blood sugar it should be around like between five and seven somewhere um and you're pretty much in danger if it's like over i would say like over 20 somewhere right um and yesterday, my blood sugar, uh, when they took it the first time, it was 25, I think. Right, yeah. And that's like deadly. And they were like, oh shit, something's going on. Uh, because I, I hadn't had the, the needle and I couldn't get my, my medication and things like that, so... Um, you just throw yeah. off your like body balance, right? Yes, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so you're just basically so... in there to to be like have your blood work monitored more than anything, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm. I'm. Actually, I'm. I'm. I'm more or less uh, waiting uh, for everything to go a little like down. Um, uh, the last time they measured it, it was around 15. Still not very good, but uh, it's better than 25, so there's that. There's like this one weight loss drug that everybody's been talking about in the last like week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pills, yeah. The pill, what is it called? It's, I'm looking it up. It's called semaglutide. Yeah, I've, I've heard about it, yeah. Um... I think it's like super like it's hard to find in America even now. Yeah, it's super hard to it's impossible to get in Norway. But it, and and it's like because it's like pretty brand, I think it they just approved it like at the end of the year last year. So it's only been yeah. around for a few months. Uh but I don't know, maybe ask your doctor about that if, you know, yep. obviously if this one's not easily available, I'm not sure how how yeah. long you'd have to wait for the new one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, no, no danger. I'm going home tomorrow. Everything is fine. Uh, I'm not mentally ill. I'm okay. Uh, it's just uh, uh, they don't want me to be home when it was so up and down, and I get that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of so, health, pe- health of people being up and down. Uh, President mm-hmm. Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, the best president ever. He said Tuesday that he's going to seek a second term in office, confirming a re-election bid that is long, that he has long uh, previewed over the last few months. Uh, this mm-hmm. was a will be a possible rematch with Donald Trump. This is possible rematch. I mean, I guess one of them, either one of them, could really die, right? Yeah. Well, and I don't know if Trump will win if if uh, if he's in jail. If, in in jail, yeah. 
it's hard to win the election, I guess, if you're... I still jail. think he would win, believe it or not, I almost have a feeling he still would win the nomination if even if he was in jail. Uh, well, yes, uh, especially against Biden. No, the nomination, like, to go against Oh, Biden. the nomination. Oh, I, I think he would win the election. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That would be really weird. You know what they say, that, like, if he does go to jail... They, uh, mm-hmm. Because he is a former president, he has to still be followed around by Secret Service all yeah, the time. So, like, yeah. you imagine that being your job is you have to go every day and hang out in jail. To jail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it suck. Yeah. Like, really? I train, like, my whole um, life to, like, get to this high position in uh, yeah. being a secret... To protect the president. In jail. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the... Uh, he, that would, I would think that would be a really risky place also as far as, like, having to protect you know, because they their like oath is to like die for the president, basically. Right. They're gonna get shanked in the shower. Uh, Biden <laughs> announces twenty twenty four campaign in a pre recorded video on Twitter. Actually, fro of all places. Oh. The video announcement focuses on Biden closing arguments to the country, making his case for four more years to quote unquote finish the job. A line previewed during his State of the Union address last February. It's such a shitty line. Uh, Biden does not directly name any of the GOP rivals and, image- and images from January 6th attack on Capitol, Capitol members and the Republican Party, but it did include uh, ma- Majority Taylor Green and former governor, or, or Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. On, they were flashed on screen, but they weren't mentioned, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, they were saying, like, oh, these people are terrible, and then they kind of flash them up on screen delight in comparison with January 6th. It was more... I don't know if you saw the video or not. Did you? No. It was more of, like, a hype video for the campaign than, like, an actual announcement. He did come out and, like... But, like, when you think of a presidential campaign announcement, it's usually, like, live, in front of a big crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this was not that. I don't know if they're going to do a real, kind of real announcement... But they did this, and then he just... It's not like he's going out on the campaign trail or anything. I guess he is currently president, but... Hmm. Um, they did show Kamala Harris in it a few times. So I, I was wondering about that, whether they were going to even have her in the commercial. Because I'm not sure she's even going to... I guess they kind of have to have her run with him, right? At this point. Uh, I would think so. It wasn't like when he was doing the announcement, she was standing next to him. During, like, right. the little video part, she was, like, it, they, it, there was a scene where it showed her and him walking in, like, the the Rose Garden at the White House. Um, okay. Together, like, next to each other or whatever. But it never really, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I know there's been a lot of talk of, like, you know, she's not... She doesn't add anything to the ticket, that's for sure. If anything, she probably takes away from from things. I I I think so, yeah. Uh, but I think uh, I've been thinking a lot about this. I I I don't think I I personally think there's better options than Biden, um, and I don't think it's that hard to find either, to be honest. But Sadly, I don't really. I have, I haven't like seen someone in the media that would be ready to like go against Trump. That's 
Kind of maybe the sad, sad. The thing. first thing is having to go against Biden, right? Like, yeah, like that's step one for a, a candidate. Is like the entire Democratic establishment has been behind Biden. You know, for uh, five years at this point, more yeah. six years, yeah. Um, yeah. and that whole train is already it's left the station you know what i mean it left the station a while yeah. ago so for you to catch up on your little push car next like yeah. to catch up with the choo-choo train is gonna it's it's a losing battle basically uh mm. if you're gonna and I, what i'm to understand is they're not even gonna do debates for the democratic nomination or the republican nomination so right uh that all adds to you it, you're not gonna be able to like debate the guy and go against him or anything like that. He's barely going to be on TV in between now and then. He, he, you know, he doesn't really do all that many interviews, so there's not going to be a lot, even if you were to be like Marianne Williamson, who's like the one person right now running against him, there's no Mm. real way to like insert yourself in and like uh, become equal or even above him as far as a contender goes. While I'm not... I'm not sure that. Well, I'm well. I'm a hundred percent sure, actually, that she wouldn't win against Trump. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the nomination. Right. I mean, if like, she got ju- the nomination, I didn't, she wouldn't win it. But there's no way for her to get the nomination. That's my point. Is like you're yeah. jumping to like ahead, like one step, really, when mm. you think about it, because. You got like yes, Biden is running now, so you got to consider like first you got to beat him, like that's the mm-hmm. first step. Who is the one can? Who is somebody who could actually go out there and compete with Biden on ads sales because he has the DNC, DCC all behind him as far as the money and stuff like that, hundreds of millions of dollars to spend on ads and everything else. Who's the person? Who's somebody who could go against him in in that respect? Even like. Mm. It'd have to be a millionaire celebrity like Oprah or, I don't know, somebody like that who had both the name recognition, the money, and the uh, history of, like, you know, political history in some way where people would trust that person uh, to be president. Like, all those things, mm. there's, I, don't, I don't know who that person is. I don't think it's Oprah because she doesn't have that last thing. She's never been... a in political office. Uh, so I don't know who that person is that could go against Biden to even get to go against Trump. Mm. Unless Biden dies, I suppose. It, it's kind of... It's, it, it's kind of sad, isn't it? It's just the reality of the situation. I mean, the Democrat... The Democratic Party put us in this situation by basically... Uh, in. Uh, inaugurating Biden as president in in 2020 Um, Mm. when they, you know, everybody dropped out of the race on Super Tuesday so that Biden would win over Bernie. Uh, It it kind of locked us into the situation where uh, Biden is the only viable option um, because of what they've done to all the other people as far as were, who were contenders before, they've defamed them to the point where now they aren't contenders anymore. And, yeah. It, it, we're left with also Kamala Harris, who, let's say Biden does die, do you think Kamala Harris can beat Trump 
in mm. a, in a regular no. election? I don't think so. So no. we're screwed. No. We're pretty much screwed either way. So it better probably in when you think about it logically for Biden to run against Trump than pretty much anybody else in the entire country. I can't think mm. of a single person who would be able to take that mantle uh, right now and run with it. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think like who who. I would be. say Bernie Sanders, but they've defamed him as a yeah, no. socialist, sexist, yeah. uh, ber- uh, who's followed by the Bernie Bros. Like they they defamed him so much that at this point, uh, you know, right leaning Democrats aren't going to vote for him, and they they they've ruined that for everybody. So. Hmm. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm uh, it's 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 kind of sad that that we are at the point where where Biden is is the best uh, um, best outcome we have. Especially I, since his approval rating's so low, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and because I don't really see it as an alternative at all at all either. It's like. And every like uh, uh, Paul has him behind Trump, and like everywhere. I mean like, that changes week to week, and it's very uh, it, it it changes all the time. But as far as like nominations and things like that go, when you look at the Democratic side, there's just Biden. If Trump goes to jail, the Republicans have a backup in DeSantis. Who has just mm. as much support and just as much like fire from his base behind him? Where Biden, the backup is Kamala Harris, which he doesn't have all that much f- fire behind him as far as public support goes, and she has even less. It's like when you look at the field as far as Republican versus Democrat, it doesn't look good on the Democratic side unless it's Trump versus Biden. Mm. Yeah. Which is scary. A little. <laughs> Especially yeah, considering little. how old Biden is. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, let's talk about the firing this week. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, we started with Tucker Carlson uh, out at Knox, uh, Fox uh, News. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, after a decade-plus career at the network, Tucker Carlson was let go just 10 minutes before Fox News News released its own statement announcing his departure. The abrupt nature of the ouster was echoed in a report from New York Times, which said the anchor was told Monday morning without a heads-up. Producers of the show were still planning on an evening broadcast. Uh, fellow Fox News host Bill O'Reilly said Monday that his show... Oh, said that on his show... There were, they were in the middle of that, O'Reilly said, uh, and they were in the middle of planning, and then, uh, as far as for the show, and then they found out about it. So it was very out of nowhere, is what a lot of people are saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, there's a lot of speculation as to what it could be. There's different things. The Dominion lawsuit, which he was very, um, he was put in, he himself put them in that situation by saying some of the things he said, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely gets the Dominion lawsuit. Uh, I mean, he he's been uh, quite in a in 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 uh, the front of that uh, for Fox News. So there, he's done a lot of thing, other things, but I think the main reason people think that is because he was like recently. Uh, they said he had to testify against, or, you know, for Fox, against Fox, whatever, whatever it is, um, in, in an a upcoming lawsuit, because there's another, um, what a voting system group that is stu- suing them for the same thing. <laughs> so maybe they're firing him in anticipation of that is possible. Uh, mm-hmm. some people are speculating that there was an interview he did, that was very kind of outspokenly anti-Ukrainian war um, that maybe Fox wasn't happy about. But also people are saying there's infighting between the Murdochs that Rupert Murdoch hated Tucker Carlson and his kids liked Tucker Carlson. And so there was like a back and forth uh, and that, yeah, you know, Rupert Murdoch won out in the end. That's... Uh, that's rumors more than anything else. Okay. Uh, who do you think anyone will be next at Fox? Mm-hmm. It's possible, right? Just if it. Yeah. I would think that we would have already seen somebody be fired if it was the Dominion thing, because so many of the other hosts there said similar things as him about the voting systems. Like Laura Ingram, for instance. Why hasn't she yeah, been fired if she had that's, said... That's the first one. I yeah, if she about. said pretty much all yeah. the same shit that he said. So it makes me think that actually he got fired for a different reason than that. Or maybe it was a combination of things, and that was just um, one of them, and they haven't fired her because she didn't do other things. There was also some sexual harassment stuff about Tucker Carlson a while ago. I don't know if you remember that. Um, no. It was a while ago, so... Yeah, a few okay. a few years ago. So and they didn't fire him then, but it could be like a a culmination of things, I guess. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, uh, that wasn't only firing this week. Uh, we also had uh, Don Lemon, that has the best last name in the world, by the way. Uh, that got fired uh, by CNN. I'm. This literally happened an hour after Tucker Carlson got fired. Yes. Uh, which kind of makes <laughs> like me think least, CNN... Least it made me think CNN kind of wanted to already wanted to fire Don Lemon before. Oh, yes. They and they saw Tucker Carlson... They saw Tucker Carlson get fired and go, okay, if we do it now, it's going to spread out like the blame... Kind, you know, like it's going to get mixed in with the other story and then it's not going to be as much backlash on us. It, I think they mm-hmm. they kind of did it on purpose, but cable television network CNN has fired Don Lemon. A news anchor said in a post on Twitter Monday that he was stunned by his termination. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a statement of its own, CNN said the network and Lemon had parted ways and added that Lemon was offered a chance to meet with net- network management, but that he instead released a statement on his personal Twitter account, and the network describes Lemon Lemon's versions of events inaccurate. Neither statement gave a reason for Lemon's departure. So what what they're saying is Lemon, Don Lemon, in his Twitter post said they fired him. They're saying that they mutually 
separated and that they they even said in in this at least they gave him a chance to meet with management and he chose to say just say oh they fired me before even trying to negotiate what do you think about who do you think's telling the truth i guess uh i think cnn <laughs> i never so i'm maybe a little biased because i never liked dun lemon so uh, yeah he's a very smug uh ass asshole-ish kind of guy. I, there's yes. a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff also. There was an article that came out, I believe, in the Washington Post a few months ago at this okay. point, where it detailed... It was kind of a hit piece in the sense that a lot of people were reached out to who had stories from some of, like, even, you know, 10 years ago of stories about how they were mistreated by Don Lemon. So there was this mm. whole thing that came out some of it included um, sexist remarks and things like that. They, they didn't fire him at that time. Um, and then after that, there was a controversy of him calling Nikki Haley, not calling her names, Nikki Haley, who's a you know Republican, uh, I think, senator. Yeah. Uh, he said that she was, for a woman, she was out of her prime. <laughs> Wow. And he was doing this on a broadcast with t- with two other women hosts, and one of the okay. women hosts turns to him and go, "What does that mean?" <laughs> like, yeah, well, that do you sounds... mean? And she says, "Do you mean her sexual prime? Like, right. what the fuck are you talking about? You're her prime." And he yeah. he like kind of was like, "Oh no, well if you Google it, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it's like in between twenty and forty or whatever." And she's like, "Oh, you've added ten years onto onto it. I see." So uh, a lot of people also speculating that and that people just didn't mm. li- people just did not like him there that he wasn't a mm. wasn't a good guy to work with yeah yeah that doesn't really surprise me at all does it <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that go, went into the Tucker Carlson t- thing too is that he's just not a very yeah. nice guy that people wanted to be around. <laughs> Uh, and then we also uh, we don't have it in the news, but I I, I will I will say that uh, we also have uh, Jeff Shell's uh, exit from NBC Universal, uh, uh, which is was... kind of news related, but not really. Yeah, it's a he's not a, really. He's he was a corporate guy, but NBC Universal yeah. does like run NBC News and MSNBC, mm. and so yeah, it's kind of connected. And then also BuzzFeed went out of business. Yeah, so it was uh, kind of a big piece, big weird week for news, right? Yeah, yeah, rest in peace, BuzzFeed. We've and made plenty of. <laughs> well, no, BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed News is a separate entity from BuzzFeed, so BuzzFeed is still yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. We made a lot of fun of BuzzFeed News from we have. the Russiagate yes. report when everybody was, like, taking their reporting seriously, and it all turned out to be bullshit, but... <laughs> uh, okay, uh, what is next? Uh, I'm having a little internet problem here. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes, Norway's oil found... Uh, wants to vote against climate resolutions at uh, BP... Norway's Sovereign Wealth Fund, one of the world's largest investors, said on Saturday it will vote against a resolution calling on BP to ad- adopt tougher greenhouse gas targets 
While BP is aiming to reduce emissions, the motion filed by an activist group, Follow This Ahead, uh, oh, is that the name of it? Oh, fo the group Follow This Ahead of a shareholders call in Paris, um, Norwegian Bank Investment Management, which operates the Norwegian Fund, said last year it plans to take a tougher line on companies that do not adopt climate change plans, but did not give a reason for rejecting the motion. So they're saying one thing and doing the opposite, right? They're like, we're mm -hmm. all for cli like fighting climate change, and then when they get a chance to actually do it, they go, well, that's going to lose us money, so we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think uh, Norway is being hypocrites for this? Because I definitely do. Well, I definitely this um, bank that runs the... Norwegian fund, but the if you know the government is also behind this in some way, then yes, you know because the mm -hmm. your government is even has fought over the last bunch of years to uh, you know move over to uh, renewable energy in your country, move over to electric cars, even though you're still selling oil to everybody, you're moving over to that for you, and yet it's like uh, good for us, but not for everybody else, right? Is that what it is? Kind of like, yeah, we'll do it, but we don't care uh, as long as it. We don't care if everybody else is doing it, which is kind of like, mm -hmm. well, what's the point then? Yeah, that's a very good question. I, I, I don't know. And I, I do think that it's, it's kind of like British uh, Petroleum is also like... It's it's a, a British uh, uh, made firm by the government, so it's kind of like weird that that we're taking the this position. So because you're kind of going against their government in a way. Yes. Yeah. My only speculation is that there's some other things in this deal that we're not seeing from the articles that we have. That is like, um, crooked in the sense of like maybe uh there's loopholes or something that we're not seeing that can be exploited and that's why they're not agreeing mm. to it that's possible you know yeah yeah uh, i agree uh ukraine news uh held uh, uh can we call it an anniversary uh well there was an anniversary a while ago uh the first anniversary of the ukraine war was a few months ago right because they, mm. as far as I remember, it was like in January, February when it started last year, right? Or t mm -hmm. yeah. So, since here, Ukrainian officials had planned mass strikes on Moscow and other Russian cities on this anniversary, um, but that they stood down after U.S. intervention. This is according to Washington Post reports coming out of the intelligence uh, leaks from uh, from a few weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. Officials in Kiev were planning strikes on Moscow, among other targets, on the first anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine. But U U.S. Intervention, intervention led them to stand down. The Post reports that uh, General or Major General Kyril Budanov, who led the Ukrainian military intelligence operations, instructed an officer to get ready for mass strikes on the 24th of February, adding the attacks were to be executed with everything they had. A couple days before the U.S. or the one-year anniversary, though, the CIA sent out a report noting that uh, they 
they had agreed at Washington's request to postpone the strikes on the Russian capital. So, mm. uh, right, this is coming out of a pair of documents that was a significant leak of classified intelligence information that made global headlines from last or two weeks ago from a 21 year old Massachusetts Air National Guard member. <clears throat> so this is stuff that was in the documents that the like the Washington Post and other places have, but never got released to the public. So this is the Discord guy from last week, right? Yeah. Uh, like I said, 21-year-old Massachusetts Air National Guard member uh, leaked these documents online. And uh, the Ukrainians are denying that they wanted to to do this, even though we have the documents that show that it was going to happen. The CIA obviously um, stepped in and said not to do that. Can you imagine mm-hmm. what would where we'd be at right now if a few months ago Ukraine had bombed Moscow? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the situation we would be in right now? Yeah, no, that would be uh, totally weird and the situation. I would say with uh, possible all-out nuclear war is what I would. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a bad situation. I would say possible end of all of life <laughs> as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. But I think it also puts into perspective how much control over this war that the U.S. actually has. How much we're deciding what happens and what doesn't happen, also. And also points out like what the Ukrainian goals really are. As mm-hmm. far as, like, is this a defensive war? Well, they actually want to just go and attack Russia, right? So... I don't necessarily think it's a defensive war at this point. If we're sure, if their plans were to bomb Moscow, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that will would happen. I, I guess my point is like, as far as the U.S. goes, we always say we're there to help Ukraine defend itself, and if their goal is to attack Russia, we need to go back and be like. Like, question, okay, do we want to keep supplying weapons to a country that is not defending itself? It's actually going and trying to attack another country. Because at that point, mm-hmm. it, we're not you, we're not sending the weapons to them for defensive purposes if their whole idea is, well, eventually we're going to use these weapons to not to be on the offensive. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, I guess? I think that uh, uh, hopefully what I so I mean it's been a lot of like rumors uh, about like peace talks and things like that so hopefully maybe this leaks will make it easier in a way to like have peace talks that would be nice um I doubt it I feel like uh, well at least the Ukrainian response is saying that, oh, those leaks are from Russia and they're using this to discredit us and make us look like the bad guys. So they're just Mm. using it as they're saying that it's uh, Russian propaganda. So I don't think that's going to help any kind of negotiations uh, is the problem. Okay. Uh, Undentified aerial sighting now number more than 650. Uh, this is UFO news. 
The Department of Defense will examine 650 cases of UFOs, more uh, UAPs more commonly known as UFOs. This is significantly uh, up from 300, this is more than 350 cases refer, referenced in the unclassified intel, oh, it's 350 more than last year. I don't know why they wrote that sentence so fucking confusing, it's not even necessary. Um... But the director of the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office told Senate Armed Services sub Subcommittee on Wednesday that we've prioritized about half of the anomalous interest, interesting value, and now we have to go through those and go how much of these have uh, do we have actual data for. So they've mm. added 350 cases from the last time we reported on this. And, mm -hmm. and the ones that are in this group are the ones that they've haven't been able to disprove uh, and have evidence for, if that makes sense. So, like, mm. they have video or some kind of evidence for these 650 things, but they can't disprove them as as being a drone or something else like that. Mm. What do you think it is? Well, it's 650 things, so it could be a lot of different things, right? Yeah, but do you think it's it's uh, more likely that it's uh, UFOs, like from another place, or do you think it's maybe like drones, like they? Well, what if it's both? Both, yeah. What if it's alien drones? Like, <laughs> there, I saw this as speculation earlier, but if if there was an uh, alien spacecraft that was coming mm -hmm. towards Earth. Uh, say it was a million light years away, and it knew mm -hmm. it was coming here. You know what it would do? It would send uh, reconnaissance uh, drones or spacecraft mm -hmm. down here to check it out before they got here. That's what you know. So it, or even if they were just monitoring us from some other planet, they would send like little reconnaissance drones to come around, fly around a bit, get some data, fly back. That could it be that? possible i suppose it, it it could like i said it could be bo both <laughs> i wonder here's the thing i wonder if if it is uh both and maybe maybe it's also like alien sitting in ufos uh with a remote control staring uh, uh like drones that would be fun well, yeah, I would assume that they would have the technology to have AI-powered drones that they wouldn't need to, like, have a joystick for. Like, it, it would just be able to maneuver itself in everything. I don't think... It would be more autonomous than we think of drones, I would assume. I'm just thinking... Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um... <laughs> Uh, drug subject uh, takes off uh, shares uh, takes off with sheriff meth after a sting fall fails. Jesus Christ! I'm very good at talking today. A suspected drug trafficker is on the run with 60 pounds of methamphetamine belonging to the sheriff's department in California. They owned they owned it. The, did they make the meth at, at the sheriff's department? Uh, the mm -hmm. the press. I just think it's funny that the the sheriff's department it was theirs. Like they owned the meth, so they want it back. 
the Press Enterprise reported Friday that the Sheriff's Department in Riverside County is now trying to get their drugs back. The authorities, I'm guessing it's probably already being <laughs> sold or done as drugs. Uh, authorities set up the stings Wednesday in an attempt to identify the drug track, identify some drug traffickers. Undercover deputies met with the suspect for a drug sale. The suspect later drove away, drove away the newspaper reported. Deputy, deputies from the gang task force attempted to pull over the suspect who refused uh, to yield to them and sped off. Uh, the department said, due to the high speeds, the suspect dis- and the suspect's disregard for pus- public safety, deputies then lost the vehicle. Uh, in a response to email for request sent by the Associated Press, the sheriff's department has declined to release any additional details. So, <laughs> so yeah, they <laughs> they did this like sting operation, and the guy and they gave him the drugs at the like sale, right? And st- Instead of, like, just giving him fake drugs, why didn't they give him fake, you know what I mean? I guess if, like, he tried it, the undercover agent could have gotten killed if it wasn't real, right? right. I guess that's possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they gave him the real drugs, a lot of them, and then their plan was, we're going to pull him over. It's like what those, uh, what's that show with the the, the nonces, the fucking that sh- American show where the guys go in... And they think they're going to meet up with, like, a 14-year-old boy. And then when they leave the house, that's when they jump on him, right? Not when he's in the house. It's like that. They're like, we'll wait for him to have the drugs, and then we'll pull him over. Not like he just sold the drugs, and then we'll get him now. It it seems like a bad order of events to me. (laughs) Like, they were just... Mm -hmm. It seems like uh, you're just asking for the drugs to be taken at that point. Like, what if it was a really smart criminal, and in between the drug drop-off and where he got pulled over, he was smart enough to, like, switch cars? You know what I'm saying? Like, he was a smart drug dealer who had, like, a backup uh, vehicle, you know, and, like, switched out vehicles. They pulled over the wrong person. Yeah, it's just... It it just seems like... They gave him 60 pounds of meth, too. That's a lot. A lot of meth. That that is so... How much was it worth? Does it say that? <laughs> I have no idea. It, uh, it might have said in the other article I sent you, but it doesn't right. say in this one. I remember it saying I, I, thousands I, I, of dollars worth of mess, but... Yeah, I would think it, it's super fucking expensive. I would think. I mean, meth is probably one of the more cheap drugs. Like, that's why it's... Oh, yeah. You know, like... Uh, so, I forget. A lot of poor people do do it. <laughs> yeah. Recently, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's still worth a lot. Sixty pounds is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's still very funny though. Uh, but it's maybe not as funny as Trump uh, giving away a half-eaten pizza. Uh, yeah, that's right. Tr- former Tr- President Trump offered a half-eaten slice of pizza to his enthusiastic s- supporters while making a surprise stop at a pizza place in Fort Myers, Florida on Friday night. The video was posted by CNN reporter Kate Sullivan and shows the president holding a box of pepperoni pizza in one hand, a slice in the other, and the crowd chanting, crowd chanting Trump. And then he shouts, "Does anybody want a piece of pizza? Pe- uh, a piece that I've eaten?" Okay, so look, we got a video here. We might as well just watch that. Uh, all right. Yeah, it's only fifteen seconds. Give me a countdown. 
in uh, <laughs> three, two, one, play. A lot of people seemed a little too happy. <laughs> they were like, actually, yes, I do want that half-eaten piece of pizza, oh, Trump. God. It And the people who cheered, there was definitely a female cheer that happened when he said, who wants a piece of half-eaten pizza? Did you notice mm -hmm. that? That everybody who cheered for that were female voices? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it's hot. It's super hot. Half-eaten, half, eaten, half it's masticated it's food is so hot. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Um, do you like lying? Uh, it can be useful, and it's especially yeah. you know white lies if you're trying to um, spare somebody's feelings. Always important. So. I remember the song, Tell Me Lies, Tell Me Sweet Little Lies. I barely remember that song, yeah. but yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm older than you, so mm -hmm. that's why I, I remember it. That's why I remember it. But uh, yeah, Tron is going to tell the truth about lies. Lies, and uh, actually more lies. Hello, this is Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. Tucker Carlson lost his job in Fox News. Yeah. Somebody really lost their job in Fox News. Somebody had to take responsibility, so why not Tucker Carlson? A lot of liberals having fun with that now and think like, oh, he's gone at last. But we all know he's not gone at all. He will be back for some modern shitty news station. That somebody lies in politics and somebody not telling the full truth in the news is common. But nobody beats Fox News about lying, even when you know it's a lie. One thing is just to misjudge something and yeah, don't have all the information and being wrong. That happens. But people at Fox News, they knew. They knew the lie about the voting machine was real. They broadcasted it anyway because Trump told them to. You should thought that a, a news channel should be independent because they always take talking about how liberals and the state nearly own CNN. But Fox News was controlled by Murdoch, who liked Trump and wanted to please Trump in every possible way. So they lied. That lie ended up in 6th of January. There are still people who believe that the voting machine was wrong and Trump won the election. Over 40 court cases, with who by rule by some judges that was appointed by Trump, doesn't change anything. They still believe it's a fraud. Even now that Fox News went to the settlement of paying <laughs> the people who prosecute them billions, they still don't believe it. They still don't believe the truth. That's fucking wrong. Conservatives are lying and they know about it. People are so fucked up and they know about it. Lie is not even no, it's not even possible anymore to have a reasonable discussion with anybody on the far to the right. They still believe that Nixon was perfect, that Bush was perfect, that Reagan was perfect. 
any common arguments against us on the liberal or on the left, like, yeah, but Kennedy wasn't perfect either. Yeah, the problem is a lot of things that they have moral issue with, or it's with people on the left, I don't really care about. If 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 Clinton and Kennedy fuck doesn't several women, I don't give a shit. Is it like a fetamine, snort cocaine, it was smoking cannabis, I don't give a fuck either. Because I don't think those shit matters. The problems I have is people who claim they have values, claim they are Christian, and claim they have a higher moral, but don't have it. As long as they're doing it, it's not wrong. When everybody else is doing it, it is. Lying, cheatful, fucking bastards. That is Fox News, and that's Tucker Carlson. I don't see, think we have seen the end of it anymore. I think Tucker Carlson come back, as I mentioned earlier. Back even worse. With a new shit show at the channel Newsmax. You don't have, didn't even have to have any investigation journalism. You just need a shit all, say whatever come out of your ass, high on coke, and high on a fetamina or whatever. They are garbage. They are lying, cheatful garbage, and they fucking know it. So what you can do about it? Really nothing. Then the things I've been mentioned for six, seven, eight years, a hostage little segment. Go and fucking vote on every level there is. Local, should sheriff, on Congress, the president of anything. Just go fucking vote or do politics yourself. Let's have it with those lying, cheatful bastards. Fuck it. This is Trump with Trump Have a nice evening. That was uh, Tron telling the truth. Thank you, as always, Tron. Thank you, Tron. Okay, I've seen some TV. Uh, Let's start with an animated show called Fired on Mars. Not Fried on Mars, which is what I thought it was called until I literally... Went into the menu. Yeah, you said fried. I, to me. That's what I wrote down on yeah. my list when I, when because I, I make a list of things I want to see for the week, and I wrote down fried on Mars. It sound, I thought it was going to be about like somebody who was on drugs. You know what I mean? Fried on right. Mars. That's what it sounds like. Somebody on acid or something. But yeah, no. This is a cartoon workplace comedy, uh, set on the Martian campus of a very like modern tech company mm-hmm. on Mars. That's uh, more or less what it is. Uh, it's funny. I liked it. Uh, I liked the animation style. It's got a s- it's- similar animation style to that show that we watched um, about the government agency that's like the underground government agency. Uh, yes. Uh, that one's on Netflix, though. So, But yeah, it's got a similar style to a lot of different cartoons, I guess, when you really think about it. As far as the art style goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what did you think about, like, the story? Yeah, it's about a guy who gets fired. They're, well, I guess we should say that first, there's, like, we've already... What, are the, what do you call it when you uh, uh, create a base on a planet? Whatever that is. We created, like, a Mars base where a company right. has set up a whole st- working structure of people to... Um, live on Mars, and one of the guys is a graphic designer, and they decide he mm-hmm. doesn't need that, they don't need it in a graphic designer anymore, so they fire him. And then it's kind of a 
they're like, well, we're not going to send you home, so you just got to be here and have nothing to do. And he goes a little crazy, right? Yeah. A little, a, a tiny bit crazy. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I really like this. Uh, it's not my favorite show, but Luke Wilson is very good. Uh, I like yeah. his voice. Uh, There's a lot of really good voice actors. Well, I mean, yeah. big actors as far as their voices go. Uh, Pete he, Davidson is in it. Yeah, there, yeah, there was a bunch of people that I, I, I'd have to look it up and to be able to place it, but there was a lot of people that you're like, oh, I know that voice. Oh, I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. The storyline's really funny. You know, the jokes are like mid-tier comedy, I would say. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. it's pretty safe. It's like running yes. a very safe line of comedy. It's not trying to offend anybody or say anything um, political or anything like that. So in that way, it's fine. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably give it like a 5.5, though. It's like super in, in oh. the middle of the road for me. I give it a 6.5, yeah. Yeah, it's not like... Two episodes I've seen. I was Yeah, yeah, I've only seen two. I probably would watch more of it, though, is the thing. It's definitely something you can put on the in the background... And you don't have to pay too much of attention to it, but it'll give you a chuckle. Mm -hmm. um, okay, uh, let's see. Where should I start? Let's start with Dead Ringer, which I know we both saw this because we talked about it already yeah. uh, yes. off air. Uh, it's a show about identical twins who both mm -hmm. um, work in a hospital, but it seems like everybody there doesn't know they're twins, right? Yeah. Uh, this is a um, take on David Kroenberg's thriller from 1988, I want to say. It's a pretty average uh, kind of sh show. The You know, the filming of it's pretty average. The storyline's interesting, but not like... I wasn't blown away by it. It felt like other shows I've seen... Um, as far as medical drama type shows go, you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. It's It didn't really have too much of an impression on, on me. There were some problems with, like, the idea of, like, how to... Like, they walk around the streets all the time together, but yet nobody from work has ever seen them walking together on the street. You know what I mean? There's some problems what? there. I don't know. What do you think of it? I fucking love this show. Uh, I've seen all of it. Uh, I was very into this. This is a really good show. If you kind of like this kind of weird shows, it's, uh, I'm not sure what it reminds me of, but, uh, I would definitely say that it's like, uh, uh, um, I think it's a better version than, than, uh, the Kronberg, uh, movie. I'm, I I love Kronberg. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but uh, I think uh, that you don't know really like which of the twins uh, that we are following. Uh, there are other things that I very much uh, like as well. I like the the story. I very much like uh, uh, the tone of it. It's it's very up my alley. I would say. Yeah, it was fine. I didn't find it in any way um, amazing. It, it was pretty standard, 
show that I felt like I'm going to forget about in a week and never think about again. So I'd give it a, a four. Oh. Uh, well, I will give it a double, so eight. <laughs> it's nice to be... We, we usually have the same TV uh, taste, so it's it's... It's nice to be so different. Yeah, no, for me, this is, like, very, like, a twisted tale of, like... Sure, the, yeah, um, the tale, the story is fine. It's the rest of yeah. it that I had a problem with, so... Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I find it funny that we are, we're so different. But what I don't think we will be very different on is the first four episodes of Miss Davis... Uh, this is a series that follows like the the uh, exploration. Well, according to them, uh, of fate versus technology. Uh, who's in this again? Oh, what's David your name? Arquette. Uh, I I remember. Yeah, that. but what's the main character's name? I don't remember. Uh, Let me look it up. Yeah, but yeah, no. Uh, what did you think about this? Uh, Betty Gilpin. Uh, Jake Betty McDorman Gilpin. is the other main character. Yes. It, it's really well put together. It's got mm -hmm. some very goofy, silly parts. Uh, it's very mm, Christian, obviously. It's coming from a super, yeah, very Christian y, you know, it's anti technology, pro Christianity kind of thing. But I have a feeling in the end it's going to be like, well, they're basically almost the same kind of right. like uh, technology is our god. That's going to be the moral of this story. I, you know, it's already mm. baked into the the pudding or whatever, baked into the cake. Uh, it's a good show. I I will definitely keep watching it. Uh, the jokes are funny. I like all the like mm, play on religion and like the future that we're put in as far as like this weird dystopian future where an AI, if it wants to, can um, take control of a human and, like, have talk through it to another person, which is very interesting, and that this AI can c basically control people to do whatever it wants. Uh, the scene where it starts, it, it makes people give her, like, a million dollars, or was it a million euros, I mean? That was very, yeah. like, that, that scene kind of... Um, puts into perspective, like, what kind of future they're trying to, like, portray. And she mm. isn't, uh, I was going to say nurse. She's a... Nun. 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 Who's yeah. kind of taken a vow of uh, solitude, in a way. Like, the, all these nuns, kind mm -hmm. of not because not, cause she's not alone. What is it when, uh, like, a monastery of monks all live alone together? I don't know what that is, but it's all these... Right nuns who live together alone and so they're kind of disconnected in a way from that world that tech technological world but she gets sucked into it yeah that i liked it um i give it a yeah and i i, I think it's also was kind of like i like the rauchiness in the movie uh, sorry in the show it's definitely very rauchy um and it's it I, I will say that even though it has a very, like, very positive Christian outlook, uh, I could get over that. Uh, and I really like the AI bit of it. I think 
There's definitely cheesy parts of it, and a lot of that cheesy... Yeah. Most of the cheesy parts come from, like, the weird religious stuff. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it is also... We should mention that she has sex with Jesus, but Jesus is yes. also... It, which is funny to me, because I feel like that was a joke, like, a few years ago about... Oh, if you're so in love with Jesus, why don't you have sex with him? That was like right. a, and now they're bringing that into a TV show and making it a real thing, which I think is actually really hilarious. Uh, I give I the show. That. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. So far, I mean, we only have four episodes, right? So I'm gonna yeah. give it an eight point five with potential of going up. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think this is better than Dead Ringers for sure. Uh, I will also give it an eight point five. The only thing is the cheesiness. That's the biggest yes. problem I had with it. Like, the one sword scene was the cheesiest part of the whole thing, I think, yeah. Uh, my turn? Yeah. Yeah. The Mark Rober show that we didn't think was coming out because we thought the last Mark Rober show was the real Mark Rober show? <laughs> yes. Finally came out, and I got to see it finally. It was hard to find. Oh, you did? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's, you know a little show on Discovery that it, it's, you know, kind of niche in the sense that you kind of have to be a fan of Mark Rober to want to see it and know that he's Especially making a show. episode two, yeah. Was hard to find? Uh, no, was very, like, if you're not a fan of Mark Rober... Oh, you won't uh, like it, yeah. That's yeah, true. Yeah, you will not like it because nothing really happens in episode two, but... Uh, <laughs> they tried I, I thought, really hard, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like they were kind of held back in the sense that you can't go as hard as the thing is. We're we're got people who watch YouTube pretty regularly, and Mark Rober mm -hmm. is on YouTube. When you compare this to like YouTube pranksters, which we should say this is a prank show, they definitely they're not going to be able to go as hard as like weird, crazy YouTube pranksters who fake all their shit, you know what I mean? So it's never going to be on that same level, because I think most of this felt pretty legit, not, like, fake. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I agree. Unlike that uh, Kevin Hart, uh, Nick Cannon show we saw a few weeks ago, which was all but, fake. Pranks. But I very much, I very much uh, liked episode one, and very much did not like episode two. Okay, why? Uh, because I think the first episode where they like controlled the 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 shopping carts and things like that was funny, uh, and the second one in the theater it was the same gag over and over and over again. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that could change up per episode because the first one it had two different things, right? And you're saying the second one it was all just the movie theater, even though it was, like, different gags. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. I think that's probably going to change episode by episode, so, um, I don't know. Would you watch more of it? That's a good question. Uh, what do you think? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I won't. I don't it, think it I probably would. Especially boring episode two was, like, I was like, this doesn't interest me at all. I have a problem with a lot of, like, the prank parts it seems like they didn't think out like the prank of it and we're more focused on how we're going to engineer it and make the engineering part of it look cool 
on camera and be able to explain how we engineered it. Because it's more of like a science engineering show than it is a prank show, in a way, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think they focused enough on making the pranks funny and interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know, though. I give it a... Well, jeez. I give it a... I guess it's got to get a 4.5. Okay, I give it to 4. Yeah. We're right around the same, so... Uh, let's go down some grades. Uh, the <laughs> let's talk about the diplomat. Holy moly! Uh, so uh, this is a show uh, about uh, a career diplomat uh, that has a new high power job as an ambassador to the UK uh, and is married to this very political star. It uh, is with Kerry Russell and Rufus Sewell, two actors I adore and love, mm-hmm. uh, both of them. Fuck, I wish this show was better. <laughs> it's so boring. It's, it's, it's West Wing if West Wing was boring. I mean, they're definitely trying to make it more like modern times, because... Or, yeah. or even, like, slightly in the future, because they're saying, like, oh, there's this president, and he has this vice president that nobody trusts if if the this president was to pass away, but we want this president to, to uh, run again, and then literally the next week Biden announces he's going to run for president. I found that a little interesting, uh, foreshadowing mm-hmm. or something in real life, uh, strangely. Um but then she's also the thing she's going to UK for is there's like a big possibility that they're going to go to war with Iran. Right. That's so mm-hmm. it's like this weird show. That's like kind of right ahead of current politics. You know, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's trying to be like current politics, but not, um, yeah, though it was very dry. That's the best way to put it. And extremely bland. Well, yeah, that, that's what I mean by dry. It didn't have any, oh, like... Yeah. It didn't have any sauce. It was very cut and dry. It... Mm, there weren't... There were some attempts at jokes, maybe, but they weren't funny. <laughs> the drama of it felt, like, not that dramatic. It felt more like... Yes. What's a good word for the drama? They Procedural. Procedural drama. Right. Yes. It felt it felt like it was made by Fox. <laughs> I thought it felt like it was made by the CIA or something, so... Well, yes. <laughs> Fox with CIA. With the help of the... Back, yeah. yeah. So, this, yeah, no, this... I'd give a, probably a uh, 2.5, I guess. The acting was still yeah. okay. Yeah, the acting is, is okay. Uh, I give it a 3. Uh, but yeah, no, I totally agree. Extremely bland. Don't don't go out of your way to watch it. And the fu- the, the funny thing is, like, I watched more than two episodes, and it didn't get better. <laughs> yeah, it, like I said, procedural is like the best way to describe the show. Which that doesn't Amen. equal fun, you know. Uh, Dear Mama mm-hmm. on FX and Hulu. Uh, I think it's produced by both, as far as I can tell. About yes. it's a documentary about Tupac, and uh, about his mo- mother, but 
more more about Tupac. I, from the commercial, when I watched the commercial for this, it seemed like it was going to be a documentary about his mother, and kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, I was a little bit worried that it would like totally be about her, her and nothing about him. But it was more about him, like, and his life, and then how his mother helped him or hurt him uh, in different ways, right? Because, you yeah. know, they had a very strained but, like, special relationship. I they I think they could, did a good job, actually, of kind of put, making that, uh, making having that, like, known that, like, she had her own demons and he mm-hmm. had problems with her, but that's also what, like, helped him create, like, such amazing artwork, you know, as far yeah. as his mu- music goes. So, yeah, the only thing about it is it's very cut-and-dry documentary. Like, there's no mm-hmm. interesting extra s- stuff that you have. Like, even the found footage that they have in it is not really new found footage. It's the uh, Tupac stuff you've seen a hundred times, you know what I mean? As far as, like, the songs yeah. and the interviews and everything else. They've just put it together into a documentary format. Um, so, in that way, I'd probably give this a, a 6.5. I gave it a six, yeah. Okay. I think I, I, I thought it was, I don't, I thought it was okay, but it wasn't like it, like you said, especially like the, the overuse of material that I had seen before was kind of like hitting me. Oh well, I think we also grew up during that time period where yes, younger people and even older people than us, they could watch this and get more out of it than we could than us because they've haven't seen a lot of this stuff a hundred times mm. where we probably have. Um, yeah. I, I think that's one thing that we're, we're looking at it from we grew up during the nineties and we grew up on Tupac and True. stuff like that. So yeah. we, if you take yourself out of that and look at it, but still very cut and dry as far as documentary format goes. Absolutely. Uh, Australian show, uh, Tom, uh, totally, completely fine. Uh, this is on Stan TV in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, about this suicidal person played by Thompson McKenzie uh, that plays Vivian, uh, uh, who drinks, smokes dopes, and takes a lot of substance. Uh, and then she inherits a waterfront property. Uh, it's about her life. Uh, it's it's definitely not a very art, very like uh, artsy um, show. But I I liked it. Uh, there are some contrived writing in the show, but other than that, I thought it was very very fun. I wouldn't say it's about her life. I would say it's about it's more of like a. A show about the people who stop by her house. I'll say that without ruining anything. Right. So, like, each episode's gonna have a different... Yeah, I would kind of compare it to that... Um, there's a show the that cabin. came out earlier this year where the woman... Ghosts come to her to write her obituary. It's like right. each episode... It's like, format-wise, it's similar to that. It's not the right. same, but... Uh, yeah, she inherits it from her grandfather, right? This house... Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a, he's notorious for uh, doing something specific at this at this house, and uh, it seems like, 
Yeah, it has a potential to be really good. I've only seen one episode because it's available on Roku, one episode. But if you... Mm. This is an interesting story. I went on uh, the Roku app, and I looked up the name of the show. I couldn't find it. I went on, mm. on my TV, did tried to look it up on my phone on the Roku app, didn't, didn't find mm. it, not even in the search function. And then I looked it up on Google, and mm. it said watch on Roku. I clicked that and the episode was right there. I'm like, what the hell, Roku? What are you... T- You're trying to make it hard to find shows to watch on your own platform? It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you're smart, you can find at least the first episode on there. It's uh, definitely dark, dark comedy, I would say that. It's, a, uh, it's definitely a comedy, yeah. though. I would even call it oh, yeah. almost sitcom-esque in the sense that it's like all based in this one house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I very much liked it. Uh, I saw the whole show, so I will give it a seven. I think a seven's, yeah, spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the main actress. I think she could be good in she, other things. She's going to be something, yeah. Yeah, because she's still super young, and this yeah. was like she's amazing. Uh, yeah, I've because never heard about this lady before. It, obviously, she has a f- good range as far as acting goes, yeah. because this show is really dark. Like you said, it yes. has dark undertones more than anything, but it's also a comedy, so she can, you know, in, she can do both those acting styles clearly. So. Uh, that shows good potential. Um, the last thing I saw was also on Roku, and it was called Slip. Did you see this? Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, surprising, like, the first episode, I was like, uh, this show is... I don't like the way it's filmed because it's very pretentious. The dialogue is also very pretentious in the first episode. <laughs> and kind oh, that's of... funny. And they draw out scenes in the first yeah. episode... That, like, (laughs) it felt like they were just trying to get it to the 30-minute mark. But then in the second episode, you could tell, oh, that was, that was clearly a a pilot, and they, they were probably actually trying to just stretch it out to get it to 30 minutes to to sell it. Because the second episode felt way more polished, way better, (laughs) and I was so much more interested in the show in the the second episode. I don't know about you. Yeah. Uh, No, I totally fucking agree. Uh, I I you're going. I I have to yeah the reason why I laugh is because I had the exact same feeling when I was watching it after the first episode I was like this is not going to be my cup of tea I don't really like this did you uh, notice I even mentioned this to you when I told you about the show that there's a scene in the first episode where they talk about what they're gonna wear to a business mm-hmm. event, and it lasts, what, yes. like, three minutes? And you're like, yes. I don't care. It, 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 it's not like it comes <laughs> yeah. up Move later in the, yes. in the show. They just were, like, <laughs> yeah. buying time to get to that 30-minute mark. Yeah, but like we said, the second episode's great. This is about a woman who is having a problem in her marriage because they've been married, I think they said, like, 10 to 15 years, somewhere. It's been a long mm-hmm. time. Uh... They've been married. It's they must have married really young because they're both like really young people, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And she's having a problem with what the passion. There's no passion left in their marriage. It's like mm-hmm. everything's very repetitive. So she cheats on him one night uh, when she gets super drunk at a work event, and mm-hmm. wakes up the next day in a different dimension where she's married to the guy she cheated on him with, 
and it goes mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. I've seen the whole show. Uh, I think this is going to end up on my list of best shows of this year. I fucking loved it. It's it's so weird when a show goes like from like this is totally awful. I hate this till oh this is what this show is really about. Uh, yeah. The ending is amazing. I can't wait t- till you have seen the whole show, Luke. I love it. I'm on episode four, so I've only got yeah. three more. It's only got like six, seven or, <laughs> six or seven episodes. It's not like a full ten episodes, I know that. So It is something. Yeah, uh, so Zoe Lister-Jones, that is like the main actress, uh, she has also written and directed all of this. So. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I did notice yeah. that as well. Yes, uh, I watched a few things last night um, that I hadn't watched yet as far as this week's shows, and mm-hmm. then I went, when I was done with that, I was like, what should I watch now? And I was like, I'm just gonna go watch more Slip, because that is, mm-hmm. that was really fun, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I would give it a, so far, an 8. Yep, and I will give it a 9. Sometimes I wish they played with the aspect ratio a, a little, because the I don't yes. know it's uh a, they have a cinematic aspect ratio the entire time and it gets a little yes. uh, t- pun intended drawn out yeah yes uh speaking of shows that the first episode we thought was terrible and then was like what the hell the power yes power I wrote that Holy power man. on the run sheet for some reason I don't know why yeah that power <laughs> show yeah. Uh, yeah, what was this episode all about, Luke? Episode 4, uh, the day of the girls. As the power challenges the status quo around the world, we find three of our characters in the midst of their own personal revolutions. So yeah, our first character in this is the the uh, British girl we didn't get anything from last episode. Yep. She's, yep. of course, That's trying to find back. the guy who killed her father, or her mother, I mean. Uh, yeah. Actually, there was multiple guys, but she's trying to find them because she wants to get revenge. And then we have the African guy who's a journalist documenting this, and he goes to Saudi Arabia, right? Mm-hmm. And then what's our last character? Oh, the um, politician. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my favorite episode so far by uh, Leaps and Bounds, as they say. I thought I thought uh, the beginning was so-so, but it really turned around. Uh, I think uh, like the first 10, 15 minutes was so-so, but after that I was very... Into I think it. you needed that first 10 or 15 minutes to build the tension, because what happened yeah. in this is kind of the dam broke as far as like... People no, are denying that it's real, some people don't believe it, Some like we even have a scene in this where he's driving to Saudi Arabia, and he asks the driver, oh, have you seen the girls with the with the electric hands and he's like oh mm-hmm. that doesn't exist here uh it's a, basically being like we deny it ex- its existence in Saudi Arabia like it just uh because it's an allegory definitely to how women are treated in Saudi Arabia you know what i mean uh yes so we have this probably one of the more pivotal scenes in this episode is the all the women in Saudi Arabia, Arabia standing up against the the military who uh, are fighting against them uh, and they 
are taking over the country, as far as we can tell at the end of this episode. That and That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. Oh, and then the British girl kills the guy, and obviously she feels... She obviously realizes, oh, I've, I, I'm ju- now just as bad as him f- because I killed him right in front of his own kids, right? That was pretty moving also. Mm-hmm. I think the part... Uh, or go ahead. What do you think about those things? Yeah, no, I, 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 I thought uh, uh, also uh, like the uh, them being in danger for the first time, time was very, very, very cool. Uh, I thought uh, uh, it was very, very nice to like uh, see them actually being be in kind of like. Uh, I I feel like they have kept the girls a little like safe. Well, it was uh, all underground during... up till this point, right? Right, and that yeah. and we even were like, this is silly for them to have it drag it out. Them nobody knowing up till this point, which I think is actually right. still kind of true, but yeah, it, it did build kind tension. Of true, yeah, yeah. But it, it, like you said, it built tension, and and also it feels like we now now ended up here, and it feel felt feels nice that we kind of like ended up here. Yeah, it, because now there's the we have established the the uh, the tension and the the clash between the, this is the one side and this is the other side. Where before mm. it was like. Some people are like, I don't believe it. I don't know if it's real. There right. was like a wishy-washy. There was no like, this is the good guy. This is the bad guy. There right. was one I scene agree. in this that I thought was pretty cheesy. It, it in the in the uh, Saudi Arabia part where the mother stands up and sees her son as is one of the soldiers and is like, right. If you know what it gave me vibes of is Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad vibes <laughs> i could see that yeah. right yeah because like if this was real like <laughs> like I see what you mean it yeah. just is you know i can see better ways of writing that into the story but this is all based on a book so you right. got they probably just went off that um but yeah i give this episode an 8.5 look i was thinking an eight so yeah. we're pretty close Definitely moving the story along a lot in this episode, so we'll see what happens next. Uh, Amazon is getting sued by a Lord of the Rings fan fiction author of uh, over uh, Rings of Power. What is this all about? Uh, suing Amazon and the Tolkien estate, claiming the ideas of Lord of the Rings fan, uh, fan fiction were used in Rings of Power. Prime Video's TV series adapted J.R.R. Tolkien's mini uh, history Histories of Middle-Earth's Second Age, which focused on Sauron's rise of power. Now PC Gamer reports that uh, some guy is suing Amazon and the estate for allegedly stealing ideas uh, from his fan fiction. He says he delivered a manuscript of his book, The Fellowship of the Kings, The War of the Rings, to Simon Tolkien in 2019 in hopes of collaborating with the estate. The author is seeking two hundred fifty million dollars in the lawsuit. So, yeah, that's a lot of money. I would love to have that. A lot of times, you sue for more than what you really want. You know, especially when yeah. it's something like Amazon, because they're willing to settle probably if they think this is actually going to go to court. Uh, so this 
was uh, registered in 2017, as I understand it, and it's uh, and it was published on Amazon in September of 2022. Do you think he has? They have to prove uh, that the two have enough similarities that it is like a direct ripoff. This is like similar right. to the Vanilla Ice uh, bump, 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 bump versus bump, yeah. bump, 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 bump uh, debate. Mm. Yeah, it's right. like you have to prove that they actually used what was in that script. So Under pressure. <laughs> uh, Netflix is going to spend uh, approximately $2.5 billion on content over the f uh, next four years on Korean content. This is interesting. Uh, it says the streamer said Monday in a statement targeting the local Korean press that it will spend this money in South Korea over the next four years to produce Korean TV series, movies, and unscripted shows. The hefty mm -hmm. investment would represent twice what Netflix has spent there between 2016 and today, according to the company. The investment plans were first shared during the meeting between South Korean president and a Netflix CEO in Washington, D.C. Okay. So this is like a investment in the country also, in a way, if they're doing it in Washington, yeah. D.C. It's obviously connected to some kind of political aspirations, I would think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, Netflix also came out with a Black Mirror uh, teaser trailer. Uh, we haven't had it in the news because, guess what? Uh, I didn't know of it uh, before exactly now. Uh, so season six will return in June, it says, with uh, people uh, that we know. Very interesting people. That's I was thinking this week, I thought... I was thinking, did my Black Mirror get canceled, or is it over? Like, I, I, it more or less got uh, finished. Like finished. Yeah. Right. That's what I thought. Also, and, okay. And then they didn't like say anything. I thought <laughs> I was just imagining that. All right. Well. But yeah, Aaron Paul uh, is coming uh, to new episodes. There's a lot of people. Salma Hayek. Uh, just hardnet. If you want to look up the behind the scenes of TV shows and movies, uh, you can find an audiobook about that probably at www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADC. That's www.com audibletrial.com. Uh, sorry, audibletrial.com forward slash ADC. Uh, if you want a free book and a free uh, trial of 30 days, go there. Helps us out, helps you out. Cancel anytime, keep the free book. Eurovision, uh, yeah, one uh, final country uh, we have left, uh, and it's Eero with Echo from uh, Georgia. Uh, yes, a music video, so for whatever that says, um, the song doesn't make a whole lot of sense as far as like I was, they have the they have the subtitles there for you to look at on the video, at least for me they did. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I can't even tell you what this song's about because it's just gibberish. It's just... Uh, I, I have no fucking clue. And and 
I'm okay with gibberish songs as long as they are good as well. And I would say that this is not very good either. I know there's obviously she has an accent, but I it had a hard, right. if there weren't subtitles, I'm not sure I would be able to understand what the song was even saying. Uh, be, uh-huh. More because the the audio of the music is higher than her vocals are. Like there's it's yes. it's got a bad mix to it for some reason. I don't know mm-hmm. where what happened there, but it, that was a big problem. Obviously, when you have a bad mix to your song. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest problem was definitely the the lyrics. So I'd give this a three. I gave it a two. I don't see this qualifying. Whatsoever. Oh no! I don't think so either. I it's it's a bad song in a in an okay year. Uh, we'll talk a little more about that next week. But I I think there's I. I uh, no, we will talk about it now. Uh, I, I I do think that uh, it's one of the definitely weakier years we have had in probably, like, I would say five, six years. It's, it's definitely weak. And I do think that it sadly kind of started with Ukraine uh, winning last year. Uh, not with a bad song. I very much like College Orchestra, and I do think that uh, it should have won any anyway. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, but it always will be down in history as the song that won because of the war. Uh, and it felt like this this year nobody like really wants to have Eurovision, so <laughs> nobody is like sending their best. Oh, and that's. That's, like, a little, like, how it felt I, this year. I definitely can't, like, off the top of my he- head, think of the one standout song that I I like. Where last mm-hmm. year I definitely could do that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where even yeah. the songs that were decent, they all kind of mix together because they're similar uh, as far as Eurovision songs go. I don't know, though. I guess the ones that really stand out in my head are the weird ones, right? Like yeah. the big boxy green shirt guy and uh, right from Finland, Australia yeah. stands out in my head as like a weird one. Yeah, yeah. so sweet Sweden, I think. Is maybe that ge- just there. gives those kind of songs a big advantage as far as like. Just... I, do. I I think so. I mean, uh, Finland is is like second in the odds at, at very and least I... in the in the public vote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, next week we will do something very much fun. Uh, I have taken the last place uh, all over of the uh, three last uh, Eurovisions. Uh, and uh, I have uh, going to link that to look this week. And we will talk about what was the worst song of the last three years. Okay, so movie news. Oh, no, let's do movies first, probably. That would probably be a good idea. Yeah. I, uh, I, saw a mo- <laughs> I saw a movie on Hulu called Quasi. This is by mm-hmm. the same group of guys who did Super Troopers and a few other movies. I think they did that terrible uh, island horror movie comedy at one point. Uh, oh, yeah, that was terrible. What was that called? Oh, shit. 
Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but it was one it's, of the worst movies so I've seen in I've, a long uh, time. I've totally forgotten what it was called, yeah. Uh, I'll look it up in a minute when you get into your movie. Uh, this one's about Quasi- Quasimodo, uh, mm-hmm. classic character, classic story, except it's a co- it's set in a comedy setting. Uh, he's got to win over the townspeople, even though he's being uh, used by the king. That's the whole, you know, if you know the story of Quasimodo, it's the same thing, except it's comedy. Uh, so... Uh, it's fine. It's nothing... I wouldn't say it's as good as Super Troopers. I know that's even, for some people, mixed as far as if they like it or not. I, I think when I saw it originally, I was, whatever, a teenager. So it definitely was right. in my demographic at the time. This, uh, I don't even really like the setting as far as this time period. So this I'd probably give a 4.5. Hmm, Cool. Uh, it, I saw Darren Brown's, uh, new special, uh, uh, showman, uh, that was dedicated to his father that died, uh, during the pandemic. Uh, it was very, very beautiful. Uh, if you like, uh, like his kind of like mental magic, uh, I think this is probably his best special so far. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of his and I always liked his kind of things. But I, I took myself in like really liking this because it has so much audience uh, things in it. Instead of like him being on stage and like showing tricks, it's, it's more like um, uh, interactive. With, with the people that's there and uh, it's it's uh, the COVID s- stuff done very like with um, uh, with with right like respect and it's very be- bittersweet but it's also fucking mind-blowing and mystifying and a lot of like the tricks he he does in this uh, TV uh, movie special is is probably like his best, I would say. Uh, so yeah, Darren Brown, showman. Well, the movie we're thinking of is Club Dread from two thousand and four. Club Dread, that was awful. Uh, it's got five point six out of ten on IMDb somehow, but it's got a twenty nine percent. How the fuck? It's got a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty bad, but not as bad as I actually thought it was going to be. Right. Uh, which is weird. Audience score, 44%. Huh. Yeah, I I remember that being really terrible. Um. Okay. Yes. The other thing we saw, right? Power Rangers. What was the whole title of it? Power Rangers something. Uh, that is a very good uh, question. It's the new Power Rangers movie on Netflix. Um, it's a Power Rangers movie. I don't know what else to say about it. It's very Power Rangers. If you're getting into it thinking you're going to get like some uh, Oscar award-winning uh, piece of cinema acting, yeah, um, you're yeah, especially the acting. You're definitely not gonna. You're not going in with the right things. Mighty. Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always is what it's called. Um, 
Yeah, what'd you think about it? I fucking loved it. Uh, I can't remember how how much I laughed. Uh, I I I it was so nostalgic to see see it old ones back. Uh, those of them that came back, some from season two, came back. Yeah, a lot of like uh, people that was in the original was there. Yeah, I I fucking loved it to death. I I I I think this is uh, made for me and, <laughs> and other people that like love the original show. The storyline was a little campy. bit confusing. Uh, yeah. It seems like the storyline is like that the every Power Ranger or most of them after like the original Power Rangers. Uh, mm. were captured, and so the original Power Rangers have to come back to fight, uh, who was it? I don't even remember what her name is. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the evil witch lady, as I call her. From yes. the original series. Uh, yes. yeah, it was, yeah, very Power Rangers. I wouldn't say it's amazing, but it's definitely made for 90s kids. And maybe, and, it's and extremely maybe, campy. and maybe ninety <laughs> 90s kids, kids, who yeah. have, like, maybe grown up on Power Rangers because their parents showed them that. So I would give it a three. Right. And I <laughs> I will give it a probably like ten out of ten, but but I can't really do that because it wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I will... It's definitely not ten out of ten <laughs> acting. No, it's it's terrible. Uh, I, I, like for me it was a ten out of ten, but I, I will say that, uh, yeah, it's probably a three, uh, but uh, I, I, I can't remember the last time I had much that much fun. I like the, you know, seeing the original, or, you know, the recreated original sets from the f first original yeah. series, because I never really watched anything past uh, season one and two, I guess it was, so. Right. Yeah. And that's the original good ones. The original good ones. Well, you know, everybody the thinks ones. the good ones are the ones they grew up with, so. That is true. Uh, Alex Baldwin news. Uh, criminal charges dropped in the Rust case. Uh, it says, will be dropped. The actor faced two counts of involuntary manslaughter for, for the accidental shooting death. The film's weapon handler, Anna Gutierrez, is still charged. However, the attorneys believe she will be exonerated as well. Baldwin thanked his wife and his lawyer on social media. Um, the decision comes one month after special count the special prosecutor stepped down from the case, and Baldwin's lawyer argued that her appointment was unconstitutional due to her status as a Republican lawmaker. Gutierrez Rees attorneys praised the new special the new special prosecutor. Okay, so that it this is happening because they got a new pro, special prosecutor, I guess. That's what they're saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I think there yeah. aren't there uh I believe there's other charges not criminal charges, but there's like a lawsuit from the family for yes. money, right? Or maybe yes. we talked about it that they had already settled that. I think we said. I don't they, remember. I think they had already settled it, so I think this is it. Okay. I think this might be the end of the story that we've been following for so fucking long, except for the fact that the movie is now going to come out. <sighs> it feels forever. Yeah. 
And uh, I'm I'm still not sure. I'm probably going to watch it, but I'm going to watch it because it's kind of like it has the it has the reputation it has. It's got all this like behind the scenes, this not yes. nostalgia, this behind the scenes lo- nostalgia, but lore. Yeah, that's what lore it is. is good. There's a lore happening behind this movie that yeah. it's going to make money, even though it's pro- you know, even if it's not a good movie. But who knows? It could be, I suppose. I'm going to guess it's not. <laughs> Me too. Uh, uh, Egyptian lawyer sues Netflix over Queen Cleopatra. What the fuck is going on here? The lawyer has demanded a serious legal action be taken against those responsible for making the documentary. He blamed Netflix management uh, for participating in this crime, uh, which is depicting the historical figure of Cleopatra as a black woman. Yep. That's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Racist much. Yeah, uh, he says it goes against Egyptian... Uh, contradicts Egyptian history, right, and goes against some law, I guess. I don't know I don't yeah, know what law this is breaking. This, uh, because uh, people uh, really, really, really care if she was black or white. And also, it's, it's very important... Because of the history, we of course know her color because of all the pictures they made back then. Right, exactly. (laughs) If nobody took that I was joking there, too fucking bad. (laughs) They were going off the hieroglyphs and they knew exactly. (laughs) The hieroglyphs hieroglyphs said she was white. You're right. Uh, Yeah. Markiplier is starring in and directing a horror film called Iron Lung. He made a little video about that it, about it as well. Uh, mm-hmm. He has entered production in Austin, Texas, on a new horror film. The details of the plot, uh, starring Caroline Rose Calpin, which Markiplier is self-financing, is under wraps, but is based on a best-selling 2022 submarine horror game of the same name Iron Lung I don't, I don't remember that video game do you maybe I'll look it up no not that I can think of no I wonder if I don't think that's something I played it's on Steam it says I wonder if uh, uh, he ever did like a let's play of it that would be kind of that funny that would be fun yeah let me I can look it up really quick uh, if you want to yeah. go sure uh yeah no I I think it's uh, interesting I like Markiplier's content and some of the things that he has directed before and, and been in before like I think he's a pretty good actor to be honest so and uh, it's also starring uh, Caroline Rose Kaplan that was in the plot against America that I like so. Yeah, he did 11 months ago, so not even that long ago. He did an Iron Lung uh, playthrough, 46 minutes long, so it's not that long of a game. But then nine months ago, he did a lore update, uh, which means that the game got updated, and then he did another 30-minute thing on it. And then five days ago, he released the teaser trailer for the movie. So, yeah, Yeah. I, I don't know. That's interesting. 
I wonder yeah. if he was thinking about doing the movie before he he did the the uh, let's play or because uh, let's see it was released the game itself in 2022 March so it was mm. out a little bit before no pretty much the same time yeah so interesting weird. Well, uh, are we going to talk about the tank? Uh, I love tanks. Do you love tanks? We all love tanks. I give tanks for tanks. Mom, I think Reggie's eating his brother. Oh, Reggie, he's bad axolotl. You know, if we took him out of the water, he would hunt on Oh, like fish tank. Okay. I guess so. Either that or this is just like a precursor. Okay, so they own a fish tank shop. And they got a... Why does this feel so fucking 90s? Is it the music or...? I think it's the music and the hairstyles and stuff. Yeah. This is like... I, I almost want her to like come a guy that's like... And here they are, the crazy family, like, like, uh, voiceover. Is this a horror movie? It's kind of like, looks like a horror movie. Oh, it's definitely a horror movie. Okay. Okay, he, he just opened... Oh, it's a water tank. I was like, what the hell is he... So it is about a water tank. And those fish tanks were like a, uh, what do you call it? Foreshadowing. Yes. It's the it's the ledge from from Lost. <laughs> oh, it's a creature movie. It's gonna be like a giant. Uh -huh. From that opening scene, it's probably a giant killer killer axolotl, I guess. Yeah. But it has very ninety wipes. <laughs> very much so. Jesus Christ! Like even the text. I'm thinking maybe it's set in the 90s? The text for the uh, the trailer is stealing from Stranger Things a little bit. The, the red much. blocky text, yeah. 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 I mean, it looks like any kind of B-horror movie kind of thing. It looks extremely B-horror. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to see it. I can't, it doesn't look bad, to be honest. No. So, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? Uh, after inheriting his mother's abandoned coastal property, Ben and his family accidentally unleash an ancient, long-dormant creature that terrorized, that terrorized the entire region, including his own ancestors, for generations. 44% on Rotten Tomatoes... I 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, let's check out the audience score. 50% audience score, so not much higher than the <laughs> than the 44%. Right. And uh, not many reviews out there, Fro. Uh, no, no reviews. No reviews from me. No. Seems like not a lot of people have seen this movie or even know that it's out. Uh, so I really tried to find find some, but I couldn't. But I did. I had to dig deep. I went to Blu-ray.com, which is apparently a website, <laughs> and got a. I didn't even know that was a website. <laughs> I guess they review Blu-ray or they review movies or something because I got one from Brian Ord 
Orendorf, 4 out of 10, 10 years ago, writer-director Scott Walker tried to deliver a serial killer story with the frozen ground, even with the participation of stars Nicolas Cage and John Cusack, Walker fumbled the production, making a bland chiller with a to-do list of genre cliches. Walker returns with to movie making with the tank, which doesn't provide any recognizable actors investigating in creature feature appeal. Instead, there's something in the depths near a coastal Oregon home launching a study into nature gone mad. Okay, so it says... The Helmer goes. Oh, the the movie goes slow burn with the tank, which is compelling until its final moments, making for a long sit as the writing sorts through an iffy mystery with extended investigation sequences. I mean, that's a breakdown saying it's boring, basically. Yeah, that doesn't really sound any good. Uh, also coming out this week. Uh, a movie that I am very, very, very excited to see. Uh, Bowie's Afraid from Ari Aster, uh, the director of Hereditary and Midsummer. Uh, from his darkest fears comes a degraceless adventure. That's what it says about it. 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 70% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and 61% on. Metacritic, 75% of Google losers uh, like this movie. Uh, people are saying that it's uh, very, very, very different from the other movies he has made. Uh, but yeah, it's with uh, Joker Phoenix and uh, Amy Ryan and uh, Nathan Lane, for example, and Parker Posey. So. Yeah, the trailer looks very uh, sunshine. Uh... Sunshine for the Spotless Mind kind of... It does, yeah. Uh, ...vibes to it. Uh, Carmen, a woman on a quest to find freedom, embarks upon a dramatic and life-altering journey from Mexico to Los Angeles. Uh, 5.8 out of 10 on 90B, 57% on Metacritic, 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, 83% of Google users liked it. Let's see, it's got Paul Mescal and Melissa Barrara as Carmen. I'm assuming this is about the singer, Aurora. I would think, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, no, it's about... It's the... It's the opera. The opera. Yeah, Maybe. Carmen. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -ba. Uh, hey, do you want to catch a killer? Well, then you should watch that movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I went. <laughs> right? Uh, it's not the TV yeah. show, it's the movie, To Catch a Killer. Uh, yes. A troubled police officer is recruited by the FBI's chief investigator to help profile and track down disturbed individual terrorizing Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, this has Ben Mendelsohn uh, in it. That's more or less who I know. Uh, six uh, six point nine out of ten on IMDb. It's almost nice. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 50%, 44% uh, on Metacritic, and 82% of Google users like the movie. Evil Dead Rise, a reunion between mm -hmm. two estranged sisters, gets cut short by a, the rise of a flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most night ver nightmarish version of family imaginable. 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, 68% on Metacritic, 
87% of Google users liked it. Uh, who's in this? Uh, Alyssa Sutherland, Lily Sullivan, and Bruce Campbell. Uh, the sequel to Everybody Loves Ray. <laughs> I wish that would that would be fun, uh, <laughs> but it's it's made by Ray uh, Romano and has him in. Does in it? The main. Yeah. Oh, okay. In in the main main lead, but it's called Somewhere in Queens. Leo and Angel Russo live a blue collar life. Surrounded by big personalities in their overbearing Italian-American family, uh, when their son chants at the life-changing basketball scholarship is jeopardized. Sorry, <laughs> that's just like like talking about ninety movies. That sounds like a plot. <laughs> yeah, uh, Le yeah. Leo risks everything to help him. Uh, but they may may tear the family apart trying to make it happen. Jesus Christ Almighty. Uh, 7.7 .7 out of 10 on 9B. Uh, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. 61 on Metacritic. And 84% on Google users. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. During the war mm -hmm. in Afghanistan, a local interpreter risks his own life to carry an injured... Sergeant across miles of grueling terrain. You always know when they have to put the director's name before the title of the movie. That yeah. the movie's <laughs> the movie's uh, plot is not interesting enough to carry the movie itself, right? Uh, during uh, oh right, eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, eight point one out of ten on IMDb, five out of five on Facebook, and ninety six percent of Google users liked it. It's got uh, who's it got in it? Jake Gyllenhaal and Dar Salam. Salam. But yeah, uh, also The Covenant was a uh, 2006 movie, so there's also that. Uh, okay. Was it a, based on the exact same thing? I have no fucking clue because I have never seen it. Oh, okay. Let's see. I'll... Four young men uh, who belong to the new year... New England supernatural legacy are forced to battle a fifth power. That's definitely not the same as a war movie. No. <laughs> no. Uh, long though uh, to have died out. Meanwhile, jealousy and suspicion threatens to tear them apart. No. Okay. Uh, is the movie The Covenant on based on a true story? This film was extrapolated no. from a patchwork of a actual events and experiences that happened during the Afghanistan war. So it's kind of not based on a true story. Okay. Yeah. All right, what do you want to see? I want to see Bo is Afraid, I think. Yeah, and I also want to see e Evil Dead Rise. Uh, I love the Evil Dead franchise. They're always so. cheesy and fun, right? It's not... Yeah. They're not... There's some of the bloodiest movies out there, but they're bloody in a funny kind of way, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I... I adore uh, Lucia Sutherland, so there's also that. All right, next week, news of the week, TV and movies of the week. We're going to do the last three years of Eurovision off, I'll call it. The Power Episode mm -hmm. 5, another digital review of The Black Demon, which I don't know what that's about, but... I'm going to guess that it's about the Black Demon. See, 
I would say a horror movie, but it, the title is so yeah. on point that it feels like it's about something else, right? No, it's it, when it smells like horror movie, it talks like horror movie, and walks like horror movie. It's probably a horror movie, right? Yeah, but then it's going to be about yeah. like a suitcase, so <laughs> a suitcase. Yeah, it's going to be about like. <laughs> Uh, it's a bu- a businessman who everybody calls the black demon because he's got this black uh-huh. this really black suitcase and he always opens uh-huh. it and uh, closes business deals and so that's why he's called sure. the black demon that okay yep sounds uh, sounds amazing he's gonna be uh, a good movie. Pete Davidson yeah uh, Jeremy Runt Pete Davidson may face uh, criminal charges after crushing his car into a wall. Into a house, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the 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 crash took place on uh, Saturday night, and he was driving his Mercedes Benz when he lost control, and uh, d- jumped the curb before hitting a fire hydrant, skidding across the lawn and ramming into the structure. That's then you have to drive pretty fast to do that. Yeah, and he... Was he intoxicated, or does it say anything about that? I have no clue, yeah. So, yeah, maybe we'll find that out later. Uh, there was the whole thing with Bam Margera. He was... Uh, there There was a warrant out for his arrest, but I don't know if he's been caught yet or not. Mm. Um, for, like, assault, I believe it was. So that I mean that it's sad because we know he has like a bad history of uh, all different kinds of, of drug abuse, yeah, and that he's been fighting with for years. So I went uh, down the Mike Lindell rabbit hole this week. That was fun because uh, I found out that he was uh, told to pay five million in the prove Mike wrong uh, challenge. Um, yeah, uh, Lindell had claimed that he had data captured from the internet uh, during the 2020 contest, and it was information he believed that uh, showed that China was interfering with the election in several states, and it turned out that someone was uh, able to prove that uh, those uh, data, uh, election data didn't exist. It was a software uh, engineer from Las Vegas uh, named Bob Seidman, and he is a Republican that has voted two times for Trump. So, I <laughs> I actually believe that uh, everything is on par. And also, uh, uh, is it was an aberration ruling. So, but uh, of course, Lindell uh, told uh, CBS. As money watch that I don't owe him any money. He didn't prove anything. Okay. Even though he did. Uh, Jack uh, Jacksepticeye and Crank Gameplays put out a new podcast, and it looks like they mm-hmm. just put out a second podcast just now. Because I guess actually, yeah, it was the first one came out the same day we did our podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even listened to either of them yet, but uh, I got to work on Friday, so I'm gonna sa- I'll save them and listen at work. Uh, Rexham, uh, that is owned uh, by 
uh, Ryan Reynolds, and uh, gosh, uh, always sunny guy. Yes. Celebrate a promotion up uh, the league. That was fun. You know, we never talked about Creator Clash last week at all. No, we didn't. I don't know why we forgot. I didn't have it on my list of things to talk about. You didn't have it on your list. I don't know how we missed it, but what did you think of Creator Clash and the whole event, I guess? I didn't think it was as exciting as the first one, personally. No, I totally agree. I think it was... Uh, a tiny uh, bit boring, to be honest. It was just long. I feel like six yeah. hours is, or I guess it was more like five hours. Uh, it's just too long. It's, it's way too long. I think yeah. uh, three hours is like you know, that's unless it's like WrestleMania. Three hours is like the prime amount of like pay-per-view time. You shouldn't go longer than that. Right. Yeah. I I agree. And there was a little too much talking as well. Uh well, I, I, that's just I mean if you've ever seen like a UFC event, uh it's kind of similar because they have to like prep things and they have to do that to like because uh, there's so much going on in between each fight that they have to have mm-hmm. something to fill time, I guess. Where WWE does a good job with it because they have like video packages and things like that to like fill time with. Um, which they could do a good, better job of that because it sounds like they're going to do another one. So, uh, Denise Richard uh, confirms she will return to Real Housewives of uh, Beverly Hills. That's fun for me that watches that show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I think that was all I had this week as far as things and stuff. Me too. Okay. Okay, everybody. Uh, it was very nice. I'm sorry if uh, some of it was a little bad in the beginning, but we got the groove of it. When I found a good way to sit, that was the problem. Uh, the podcast got better. But uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you next week when we do all the things that we have talked about doing. Uh, how about that? Do you feel that's okay? That that should work. Uh, yeah? Yeah, hopefully that works for everybody else. Uh, just let us know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just tell us. Yeah, just let us know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Call. Please call us on the phone and tell us. I wouldn't. No, would no don't nice. do that. But... No? You can send us an email or, or a Facebook or our, our Twitter or something. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, my name is Fro. My name is Luke. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, bye, everybody. Another, di- another digital, another digital citizen. 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 Another digital citizen.